The Chargers have some big decisions coming up on their internal free agents. So on today's show, we're going to be playing a game of stay or go. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, but we're going into our fifth as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. And thank you guys for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss a show, go subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and find the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. But David, I wanted to do a fun game on today's show. I've seen some other Lockdown shows doing it and it was a great idea and that's doing a game of stay or go with the Chargers free agents. So we're going to be doing that today and tomorrow. We're going to go through all of the unrestricted, restricted, exclusive right free agents that the Chargers have and whether and make the case for them staying or maybe letting them move on to another team. Because guess what? You can't bring back everybody from last year's squad. And there's probably a few guys you wouldn't want to bring back. But today we're going to be looking at the offense and guys like Mike Williams because there's still a conundrum there that has to be solved. Jared Cook, does he need to come back since the Chargers don't necessarily have a succession plan at tight end? We'll also get into guys like Justin Jackson, Donald Parham, and some of the other important offensive free agents for the Chargers before doing a rapid round at the end where we'll go through all of the rest of the guys and give a quick stay or go to say who we think the Chargers should be back. But at this point, though, there's a lot of things that they're going to have to sign, some big decisions to make, so we have to be talking about it. And today's episode is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. So, David, the big one is Mike Williams. Big Mike Dub, right? So, this is still a kind of a tough one for me because I know the flaws that Mike Williams has in his games. I, you know, I know what the injury history is and it's gotten better and he's obviously played through a lot and, and shown up for a lot of games too right even when he has been banged up and then you see his reactions at the end of that last game right how badly he wanted to win that game it's tough and as much as it's a business you see someone with that which you know with that much emotion and just realizing he had the game kind of slip through his hands right there and wanting to come through for his team and everyone and it just makes it tough David so to start our game of stay or go this is definitely a hard one to start with but are you telling Mike Williams to stay or are you telling him to go? Yeah, this is the biggest decision. This is going to be the biggest money contract, no question about it. Sure. Um, Mike Williams has endeared himself to the Chargers organization, you know, just being the tough type of player that he is and and really going out there and playing injured and and coming up with all of those big plays and those big catches whenever it seemed like, you know, the Chargers needed it. They they called on Mike Williams and Mike Williams was there most of the time to answer the call. So just on, on a surface level, I think, you know, just based off the comments of the, uh, of, of the organization on Mike Williams, the recent comments from his quarterback, Justin Herbert on Mike Williams and how he feels about Mike Williams. Um, I, I think just given all that context, I'm looking at Mike Williams to stay. I just think that he's built a, a nice rapport with Justin Herbert um, in this new offense that, has given him more targets than he's ever had in his NFL career, over 120 targets this year. And, you know, by all accounts, he, he put up a, a very phenomenal season, 76 catches, you know, nine touchdowns over a thousand yards receiving, you know, 15.1 yards per catch. 
you know, the, the guy he's, he's produced. So yeah. I think at 28 years old, the question, Daniel, the most important question is how long of a contract are you comfortable with? If that is the decision to bring Mike Williams back. I mean, yes, by all accounts, Mike Williams has been a great receiver last season. And, you know, I'm one of those accounts. I can attest that he put up big time numbers, right? He was in a contract year and he came through with his best season so far. And, you know, really top 10 wide receiver numbers. So that's the thing is like, even with the flaws and things like that, I still know with Justin Herbert, he can produce. And, you know, maybe yeah. Justin Herbert is elevating his game. Of course he is, right? Oh, definitely. He's probably helping Justin Herbert at the same time because obviously they have a really good chemistry. And in those big moments on fourth down, when the game is, you know, there's one play left in the game, this is the dude the Chargers are going to. And I do think that is getting, you know, under talked about through all this whole thing with as many people who want to move on from Mike Williams. I get it because it is a tough, you know, situation. It's a tough conversation to have for a guy who last season, you know, 10th in yards per route run in the NFL of anyone with 80 targets at least, right? That's Those are good, efficient numbers. You have some yeah. drop stuff, but it I mean, wasn't anything compared to, you know, Keen Allen or anything other guys weren't doing. But career high in catches, career high in yards, averages more than 15 yards a catch, almost 10 touchdowns last year. And he's gotten nine-plus touchdowns, at least as far as consistently. He's done that twice in his five NFL seasons so far. So I think you like what you saw in that offense in the sport tracks latest you know market projection has them around 16 million dollars which i think is a little bit more feasible a little bit more stomachable right just with oh, if it's 16 million dollars uh you can sign that contract right now i mean if that was the if that was the the deal that actually turns out to come to fruition i think the chargers are doing that and they're doing it immediately but the yeah. likelihood of that contract coming out and being 16 million per annum uh, i think is slim to none daniel yeah, I mean, it would have to be a hometown discount, right? It would have For to sure. just be wanting to come back and, and do it with the charge specifically, which doesn't happen as much as you would think. So yeah. another team, I'm sure, also sees what Mike Williams was able to do. So if the Chargers don't get it done before free agency, there's a good chance that they, you know, get bought out on Mike Williams. I mean, there's yeah. a, a lot of wide receivers in this market, a lot of guys that could collect some paychecks, but he's one of the only guys who's coming off literally his best season and just coming off of that first rookie contract as well with a lot of good yeah. years in front of him if he can stay healthy. So I think that, I mean, what we saw from him in year one under Joe Lombardi and year two with Justin Herbert, there's a lot of reasons to want to bring him back, even given his flaws. I mean, when you know that dude can produce like that when he's targeted that many times, to go along with Keenan Allen and those dudes both going for over 1,100 yards this year, I think he has to stay, and I think the Chargers are going to do what it takes because I think – even if you went out and got an Allen Robinson, you know, in theory, yeah, that dude produced with some bad quarterbacks. Maybe he could be better with Justin Herbert. But, like, historically with the Chargers, that's not how it's worked out with free agent wide receivers. And Travis Benjamin, <laughs> Robert Meacham, like, you can go down the list of all the guys they brought in. It just it never ends up working out for them. So as much as it's nice to say the grass is greener over here and this guy doesn't have the flaws that Mike Williams does, to think somebody's just going to walk in and put up 1100 you know and 36 yards just because he gets 129 targets i think is a little bit unrealistic well it's funny we were just having the conversation before we started recording that like can you even remember like even in, like we had to include trades in our conversations like do you remember a time when the chargers went out and signed a, a free agent wide receiver and it and it turned out and it looked okay even you know, even if you include trades you're, you're talking about guys you know going way back like so let me sneak and, this one in though one i didn't think about when we were talking about before yeah eddie royal 
Okay, I liked Eddie Royal, and, and, and I think I liked the Eddie Royal contract because it was a short one and it was not a lot of money, and I, I think that for the value, I thought Eddie Royal pr- produced on that deal. So I, I like that one, but I think that's probably the only one that you can think of sure. that's even decent. I mean, all well, yeah. the rest of them have been just a dumpster fire. Honestly, the best receiver that the Chargers have brought in in free agency probably over the last 15 years, just off the top of my head, Danny Woodhead. All right, let's get into continue here. I saw the dude score four touchdowns in one game in San Diego. So, Damn right you did. Uh, I'm not, and that was a great contract for them. But let's get to this one here before we go into break, David, and that's Jared Cook, a guy that I think is much maligned. And even though he put up a pretty productive season being the Band-Aid and the transitional guy between Justin Herbert right, and Hunter Henry after their first season together, he came in on a cheap contract, produced and put up pretty big numbers. Is he staying or going in the offseason? Yeah, 48 catches on 79 targets, 564 yards, four touchdowns, some decent catches on third down to help kind of keep drives along. But hell no, it's time for you to go. Oh it's my because God. of the seven drops and, uh, you know, turning around the wrong way, you know, not really showing that full effort. And Justin Herbert throwing of- two pick sixes. Exactly. targeting you yeah right that's exactly what i was about to say is you know the, those pick sixes and it's not and that's something that you know the first time I was like okay maybe that's an anomaly but then you go back and you kind of look at some of the other places he's been to in his career and unfortunately there's been a lot of symmetry there you know to where it's happened in multiple different places i think um he came in and he provided what the chargers were looking for um as far as a little bit of a stopgap. um you know like i said some decent catches some decent yards you know, four, four and a half million dollars. I think you, you got pretty much what you were looking for. Yeah. But I think it is time to move on from Jared Cook and get somebody else in here, preferably much, much younger. Yeah. And I mean, there's always a reason why somebody's so productive, you know, ended up playing on so many different teams and like why he didn't end up getting brought back. And the thing is, he knows Joe Lombardi's offense. So I wouldn't put it yeah. at a zero percent chance. You know, we don't know how close Donald Parham or Trey McKitty is to, you know, really having a full understanding of that offense. And we know Jared Cook does with the option routes and things like that, but does he though? Cause he ended up getting two pick sixes. Right. But either way though, I mean, I think there's just the little things, the little, you know, little things that you don't necessarily see in the stat sheet or they're hard to kind of remember exactly the context of when the drop happened or when a fumble happened, you know, or something along those lines. I mean, I think he was very productive. I think he still had some juice left, but I think the Chargers need to go in a younger direction. And I think with having him and Donald Parham and two guys that can't block, right. you're kind of filling the same space with, yeah, a dude that has a better feel for his own coverage and things like that and finding the soft spot. But I think it's time for the Chargers. If you want to find a possession receiver, a guy who can, you know, just find the soft spot and get you seven to eight yards on a little hook round or something like that, you can find that guy, you know. So I think yeah, the Chargers go younger. It, you can there. find it in free agency and find it in the draft. Yeah, but I mean, three of the Chargers, four tight ends right now on the roster, really, you know, the guys that actually played are headed into free agency. Donald Parham is one of those guys. So sure. we will get into Donald Parham and what the Chargers do with the guy who obviously had his season cut, you know, dramatically short, not dramatically short, but tragically short, just with that injury that he suffered. And some more guys like Justin Jackson and whether they should stay or go with the Chargers in the 2022 offseason. But I do need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, and now the big game is on us, guys. And there's a few you know things that you have to have going along with the big game. You're going to the big party. You have to make sure it has great food, right? 
you have to make sure it's a, you know, a nice place to watch it because football, obviously you just want to, you know, have a nice TV and things like that. And you have to have a way to bet on the game and betonline.net is the place that you want to be for that because it's the big day and you want to get some big prizes and betonline has so many different specials and things you can go check out right now at betonline.net where you guys can get in on the action, find all the tournaments and prizes that they have going on and all the specials that they have going on for the big game and all the prop bets because that's what I'm going for. The weird prop bets, BetOnline has so many prop bets going on for this weekend's game that I can't wait to get in on them and I'm going to, you know, bet on probably way too many of them, but I do all of it with betonline.net because it is the place that has everything that you need. It's not just football. You can go for baseball, basketball, UFC even, you even right to your favorite Vegas casino games at betonline.net. Whatever you're looking for, you can find it there because betonline is where the game starts. All right, David, well, we got caught up in our Mike Williams conversation. We have a lot of guys to get to because there's a lot of free agents for the Chargers on the offensive side of the ball, and they're not as big as names as we'll get into tomorrow, like the Uchenny and Wusu's, right? Kazir White, some guys that the Chargers Justin probably definitely Jones, need. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's some big, bigger names for sure, but there's definitely some pieces here, and I think the thing about the guys on offense is not a lot of them are going to cost a lot of money including Donna Parham. Like, they could feasibly bring back all of these guys. They shouldn't, Oh yeah, but they feasibly could because outside of Mike Williams, I don't see any of these guys getting more than a couple million dollars per season on annual average value. And we'll talk about, you know, maybe Dustin Hopkins does. Maybe he gets, you know, two, three million. And we'll talk about him next because the Chargers have another kicker decision, which is something everyone always loves to talk about. But let's talk about Donna Parham here. And the nice thing about Donna Parham is he's an exclusive rights-free agent. Basically, what that means is if the Chargers offer him anything, the league minimum, he has to go back to the Chargers. So there's no reason not to bring him back. Obviously, he had a scary injury, Dave, and we hope he recovers fully from that. But the, he will be back with the Chargers, and I think you just want to see them use him a little bit better when he does come back. Yeah, this isn't really a question of stay or go. I mean, it, it's it's definite. It's I a definite how to play stay. The game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> I think with this one, it's just, it's just such a simple decision yeah. because – you league minimum for a guy who gives you three touchdowns. I mean, that that's nice. I mean, and I yeah, think the stats aren't really going to show, you know, why you would want to keep him around because you feel like right. it's just the tip of the iceberg. And that, and I think that's the thing that that's most important to comment on with him is that you, you obviously love his, his gigantic wingspan and the, the catch radius, but you saw some, some splash plays where, you know, you get this guy in space you don't really expect him to be that nimble, to be that agile, and he he actually really is, and he's capable, I think, of producing more of those type of plays. So I think not only do you bring him back, but I think you feature him more in the game plan, and you get him more opportunities to shine. I think this is a guy who is still very young and still has a bright future ahead of him. I think this could potentially be a, another great, um, you know, under the radar tight end to perform for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, he he reminds you a lot of a Ladarius Green type, right? A guy yeah. who is undrafted, I think, you know, late draft. I think he was undrafted, but just no, a Ladarius Green was drafted. Yeah, was he, he was like drafted. late? I can't remember when he was drafted. Anyway, I want to say so. second round. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, you know I what? I think he round. was. I think I'm thinking of somebody else, but yeah. Ladarius Green. I guess it's just the size. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Freakishly tall, super fast. You don't see that combination very often. No. Um. But, I mean, you're also going off of two seasons and 30 catches, right? I mean, it hasn't been prolific so far. You're doing this based on a projection. Obviously, it's an easy decision when you only had to pay the league minimum. I wouldn't be, you know, upset if they decided to go more than that to try to get them on the cheap right now and give them multiple multiple years, a few years on a deal, right, to get him, lock him down before he potentially does blow up this year. And then you're stuck with a much heftier price tag in the 2023 offseason. But 
only 20 catches, only 190 yards. I was surprised he was only 12 more receiving yards than Justin Jackson had in 2021. That was a little bit surprising to me considering that was, you know, running back too. But this is the kind of misleading thing because you look and he only has nine and a half yards per catch, right? That doesn't seem like an explosive receiver. I mean, Jared Cook was close to 12 this season. So that part is a little bit, you know, concerning. But the thing is, though, is also it was just a lot of short targets for him. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's what you want to see more is having him stretch the field, hitting him deeper. And he has to come down with some more because he had a couple of opportunities where he didn't come down with them this year. It could have been big plays and things like that. But you know, he had he was fourth in the NFL amongst tight ends. Any tight end that had more than 25 targets in 2021, he was fourth in yards after the catch per reception. So that's the one thing we have said about him is after the catch, he was the Chargers' second best yak threat in 2021 behind Austin Eckler. None of them were receivers, which is why we were kind of claiming for it. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, that's what this dude brings. And he brings, you know, a special ability and he's hard to tackle. Especially yeah. near the red zone. We've seen him make a couple of plays. He's just, he's just awkwardly big. He's just a hard guy to bring down. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think he's obviously nothing that we've heard makes us think he's not going to have a full recovery. So right. I expect big things from him going into year two of Joe Lombardi and year three with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. But let's get to another guy here, David. And Jackson, this is another polarizing one because Jackson injury history, right? And that's been the one thing that's really slowed him down because he's averaged five yards per carry for his career. So he's been really productive when he's out there. But this is a tough stay or go, David, with a guy who can't seem to stay on the field. It, it is a tough stay or go for sure. And and I think the the reason why it complicates things more so than the injury issues is that it probably wouldn't take much at all to bring him back. I mean, he's made, you know, made a little over $600,000 this season, you know, as a late round draft pick. It'd be Chargers. cheap for sure. He would be very, very cheap. But honestly, personally, and I, I've vocalized this many times in the past, I, I think it's a go. For, for Justin Jackson. I, I think I've had my fill of him. I don't think he's the type of running back with the type of profile that really is the type of player that should be backing up Austin Eckler. I think they, they need a different type of running back. And I just don't think that you can feel comfortable given what he has shown in his career, that he's going to be able to stay on the field consistently to be able to help you. I mean, with him, the axiom availability is the best ability. I think fits very, very appropriately for Justin Jackson. It's a great axiom. I think the problem for the Chargers is you don't have a lot of options there because it's hard to say you're going to fall back on Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly, right? Like if you're talking about replacing one of the running backs, you would think to look at the guys, you know, averaging less than three yards per carry and didn't really show much to you in year one or year two in Josh Kelly's case. But I think that's the problem is he was easily your most productive back. I think his numbers are a little inflated because he had a 75-yard carry, right? That's always going to change the perspective a little bit. It's unfair to take it away. But if you did take it away, right, the rest of his carries outside of that, he averaged 4.3 yards per carry instead of his season average of 5.4. Because 4.3 right. is still good. That's good. You know what yeah. I mean? That's more than Austin Eckler, you know, average, you know, in some seasons. So I think with him, he definitely is productive. You know, you get when he's out there. And he, I think he did a little bit better this year. I think the coaching staff handled him a little bit better and his injuries yeah. a little bit better. But at running back, it's always tough to project guys to get healthier as they go on, as they get more, you know, carries and things like that i'm not gonna but, hate it right like if they do bring him back it's it, sure it'll be fine it's not gonna be a, a any kind of you know significant commitment so like it's not something that i'm gonna just lose my mind over if they bring justin jackson back but i just think based off of what i've seen i mean it's not somebody that i absolutely need the chargers to retain 
Sure. I mean, if you had to make tough decisions, obviously the nice thing is it's going to be cheap. If you're talking yes. about, you know, multi exactly. 10 plus million dollar deal, it's not even a conversation. You know, not you let yet. him go and hope he catches on somewhere else. But sure. for Justin Jackson, I think the move for the Chargers is, I mean, if I was Tom Telesco, like, I, I think that you, you keep Justin Jackson, but I think you also have to bring in another running back as well. Yeah. You know, and I think it just doesn't end with bringing back Justin Jackson. As long as that's not the end game, just to bring back Justin Jackson and hope Larry Roundtree or Josh Kelly really right, yeah. dramatically improves, I'll be okay with it. I just don't yeah. want it to be putting all your eggs in Justin Jackson's basket, especially when Austin Eckler is a guy who's had some injury stuff as well. Been a while. He's been really good about it, and he comes back pretty quickly even when he has missed. But last year, missed some games. This year, missed some games. You want to have a consistent, durable backup to a guy that you know has missed games. And Justin Jackson has not proven he could be that. And you want the, you want the best version of Austin Eckler. And I think that the best version of Austin Eckler is with a guy who can supplement some of those carries and not see a significant drop-off. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's a stay for me just because I don't think there's a lot of other options. I think, you know, they draft a guy, we'll see. But, I mean, you're doing free agency first. So right. you're not going to know if you can find a good running back in the draft before you're going to have to make a decision on Justin Jackson. And when you have Larry Roundtree, Josh Kelly, it's no shade, right? It's just hard to rely on dudes you haven't seen actually do it. And with both of those guys, we haven't actually seen them do it as much as, you know, Tom Telesco or Brand Steeler, whoever wants to talk them up. It's not proven production, but there are a lot of other guys to choose from, David, and somehow we've only talked about four of them, and we're already running late. So we are getting into our rapid reaction, our rapid stay and go next, where we're just going to go through all the guys. But we also have a couple of other big names to get into, like Dustin Hopkins. Do the Chargers want to enter the kicker market again, right? And we'll also get into Jalen Guyton and some other guys as well in our rapid stay or go coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys first about my favorite protein bar in the world. And of course, I'm talking about Bill Bars. I mean, first, let's just talk about flavors, guys. I mean, one of the things, especially when you're dieting, you want some variety. I mean, it sucks when you have to eat chicken and broccoli or something like that all day, which is something I have to eat a lot of. And one of the best things of my day and something I look forward to every day is the Bill Bar, something to break things up. I get home from work. I'm tired of eating on my diet. I have cookies and cream Bill Bar, and it feels like I'm having a candy bar. And just like that, I'm ready to go again. I don't hate my life as much as I did when I was dieting before that. But it's not just cookies and cream, right? It's peanut butter brownie. It's cherry barcia. It's coconut almond. There's so many great flavors to choose from. Salted caramel is another one. And they're all good for you as well, which is also very important. I know for me, it has to taste great. Like it has to be 100% covered in chocolate. It has to be soft and easy to chew. It can't be chalky or waxy. And also it has the health benefits like being loaded with protein. Most of them have about 17 grams of protein in it high in fiber, and also low on sugar and low on net carbs as well. So Built Bar is the treat you didn't know you needed, but you absolutely do need because you can get rid of the junk food. Have a Built Bar. It's going to feel like you're having that candy bar anyways while also feeling like you're still on your diet because you are because it'll still fit on your diet. Fits on pretty much all the diets that are out there. For me, I love it. It gets me through my day. And just to have something, have all those flavors to choose from is just super nice, especially when you usually get like, Two or three flavors, not with Bill Bars. So many flavors, and there's limited time flavors coming out all the time as well. And we can even save you guys some money because if you go to Built.com right now, you guys can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I also need to tell you guys about a very, very important app to me because it's something I use all the time now, and it is the Get Upside app. And my listeners right now, guys, are saving money every day at the at the gas pump with the Get Upside app. And it's a free app. You can get it at the App Store. You can get it on the Google Play Store. And we'll save you and give you cash back when you guys are at the at the tank. And I mean, I know the gas prices are egregious, right? So when you go there, it's always nice to save a little bit. And with the Get Upside app, you can save 25 cents 
or more per gallon on your first fill up and use the promo code touchdown. Since you listen to the show, 25 cents or more, you can take off the gas price on your first fill up with that promo code touchdown. Rideshare drivers, food delivery drivers are saving hundreds of dollars per year with the GetUpside app, especially if you're driving around a lot. You need GetUpside because there's also no downside to it. You can get the cash back into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can also get in Amazon gift cards and other big brand gift cards as well. So why not save money? You're going to get gas anyways. Get the GetUpside app and make sure to use the promo code TOUCHDOWN when you guys get it so you can get $0.25 cents or more per gallon on your first fill-up. All right, David. Well, it seems like we may have you know spent most of our time talking about like four players, and we have a lot of guys to go. Let's start with Dustin Hopkins here because the Chargers have a big decision at kicker, and Dustin Hopkins was really good after he came to the Chargers. I think when you look at his full season, both with the Washington Commanders now, right, not the football team anymore, and also his time with the Chargers, it turned out to be a pretty good season compared to the rest of the kickers in the league. But with the Chargers, he was a 90% field goal kicker. The part that scares you, I think, is the one for three on 50-plus yarders. The only field goals he missed were from 50-plus. So, I mean, that's nice to have an automatic guy in 50 or less, right? That's what Michael Badger is bringing to the table. 30 out of 32 on his PATs. And the tough thing is, David, is the Chargers have gone through so many kickers. You just had a kicker. You saw be successful. I don't know how much you trust him after one season, but do you really want to let him go and try to get in on another kicker and have you know go through that whole process again? Yeah, the the simple answer is no. I don't think you want to let him go. I, I think you like what what you saw from him. Sure. I think is a guy that uh, the Chargers should bring back. Draft a kicker in the second round. <laughs> no, definitely don't do that. I, I definitely think this is a guy they bring back, and I don't think it's going to be that much of a conversation. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I know everyone wants to draft a kicker, and everyone wants their own Evan. McPherson. And you still can. You still can, even if you do bring him back. Sure, but like, I mean, last year they brought in Tristan Viscaino for competition, right? And he beat out Michael Badgley and then missed half his PATs, right? It was terrible. Like, missed a ton of PATs. Yeah. Wasn't good at you know, kicking field goals. Couldn't trust him for anything. He's still on the practice squad, so they still, Brandon Staley still believes him, and he told us that. But uh, it's just like, why, until, you know, Dustin Hopkins flames out, I mean, I think you have to ride that as long as you yeah. can because it has been such an inconsistency for you. Michael Badgley had his flaws, and he was much worse than Michael, ba- you know, than Dustin Hopkins was the season that he ended up leaving the Chargers after that. So I think you stick with Dustin Hopkins for sure. I don't even think it's really a conversation. The dude was good. Missed a field goal in a big game in the last game of the season. That sucks. It was a 50-plus yarder. That's the only thing. The one out of three from 50-plus is a little scary, but those were obviously the only two field goals that he made. And kickers are usually about 50%, you know, the average kicker from 50-plus yards. So he can make them. Doesn't have the biggest leg, but it was pretty good on touchbacks and doing what they wanted in the kickoff game as well. So I think that's a pretty easy one. Let's go to Jalen Guyton here, David, because this is a restricted free agent. So basically what this means is the Chargers could put a tender on him first or second round. I don't think that they will, but they could, right? And what that would do would, would basically mean if the Chargers didn't want to match an option that another team tried to pay Jalen Guyton, they would end up getting some compensation back for him, right? And they have to put a tender on it and the, you know things like that. But He's a restricted free agent. So as of right now, the Chargers will have a chance to match any offer that Jalen Guyton gets. And he's another weird one, David, because how does he you know, figure into the future? You have Josh Palmer, who you drafted last season in the third round. You're expecting Mike Williams to be back. You have Keenan Allen. And Jalen Guyton, I think, is probably – it's weird to say that. I probably underappreciate Jalen Guyton. I don't think I probably give him the credit he deserves. But I also don't know if he brings that you know dynamic nature that you really want out of that fourth position – because with the Chargers, right, it's been four receivers and a special teams guy. And, the, you know, last it was Andre Roberts, and they don't want you to be there unless you have some special teams value. So I think that's what makes it tough for Jalen Guy and deciding to stay or go. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a go for me, which is a little oh. bit a little bit surprising. Um, that is a little be, surprising. Just because I, you know, for some of the things that you just said, I just yes, he's is he a speed guy? Does he have the you know the the forty type of speed that you're looking for? Yeah, definitely. Kind of showcase that, kind but of. he's not. I don't think he's the type of explosive speed profile that we keep on that we keep talking about. That I really think that the Chargers need that has been sorely lacking. And you know, if you're bringing another guy that's going to be that same profile, then someone else has to go. And I, I think that guy is probably going to be Jalen Guy. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was to guess, I, he was pretty efficient. That's the hard thing. I mean, yards per route run, he was up there, surprisingly, because I don't think of Jalen Guyton as being an efficient receiver just with the eye test. But he had more yards than Josh Palmer did, you know, on less targets. He did, did do some things well and, I mean, had some big plays too. But he only had the one big, big play, the throw that broke the internet with Justin Herbert against the Giants at 65-yarder before halftime and 65 air yards. Nuts, but you didn't see that as much in the second year, right? You saw more of those breakaway touchdowns after his first season when it was him and Tyron Johnson. He had kind of another running mate to at least threaten teams on the other side. And last year, they didn't have it. He's not a true burner to me. I mean, he can get behind the defense. He can be a deep receiver. Could they improve on it? I think they could, but it's hard to imagine that you just can assume you're going to get someone who runs a 4-3-4, you know, or 4-3-2. Because I think Jalen Guyton was technically in like the high four threes, you know, so you can probably find someone that runs that. I do think that there are things that they still need in that receiving room. And I think you're right. I mean, it's not going to be Josh Palmer. If they bring back Mike Williams, you're not cutting any of those top three guys. Jalen Guyton's the next guy. But I think since it's a restricted free agent, probably keep him around, you know, long enough to at least battle it out for whoever. Right. And even if him. you do keep him around and then you end up cutting him later, it's not a huge commitment. So I don't think it's going to be that impactful. Hey, David, I don't know why you're talking about that because it's time for rapid reaction. We're going rapid test with the last part of the show here. Rapid stay or go. The rapid round is starting now and there's more guys to talk about here, David. So let's get into the rest of the Chargers free agents. Stay or go. These are lesser profile guys, but I think there's a case for and against all of them, except for one. Senio Calamante, go. But let's do the rapid fire round here, Dave. Let's start with Odea Bushi, a guy we only saw five games from in 2021, but a guy who played extremely well. Stay or go for him? Yeah, I think it's a stay for me. $1.6 million contract, not a lot. He got hurt. Uh, I think it's going to be another uh, situation where you can bring him back for not a lot of money. I think it's a high upside type of pick, so stay. Yeah, stay for sure. I mean, Odea Bushi was good. You know, that obviously makes you feel better and good about one, you know, four out of the five positions. And then you're just kind of looking at a right tackle to kind of find that last one. This is a weird one. Chase Daniel is a free agent now. You know, the understudy of Justin Herbert, a guy who's very familiar with Joe Lombardi. Stay or go for Chase Daniel? Yeah, I think it's a stay just because it's a vet minimum type of deal. One point zero seven five million. It's, you know, not a lot. I th- I think the biggest reason is, is that what he made. Yeah, that's what he made. I thought it was yeah. more than that. Yeah, I mean, at least that, that's what, you know, Spotrack put on, on the website. So, um, yeah, not a lot of money. I think he's a guy who you know, knows the New Orleans-style offense, can com- help communicate that to Justin Herbert, and I think that's a good resource going into year two. So The guy who probably has one of the best lives of anyone, right? Never yeah. expected to really go in. He can, you know, be okay it's if like he does Jesus, have to. It's like Clipboard Jesus, right? Yeah, Just I'm fine with it. Make a lot of money it. and don't do a lot to do it. It's so hard to quantify what that brings to Justin Herbert, but obviously nothing Chase Daniel did slowed him down. So if it's between him or having Easton Stick potentially have to enter a game, bring back Chase Daniel. Steven Anderson, David, stay or go? Definite stay. I love Steven Anderson. I think he's done a lot of dirty work, and uh, I think he's a player who definitely needs to stay. He's a key cog on offense. It's a no-brainer for me. 
I don't know if he's a key guy. I mean, I guess just with all the little things he does, he is. Because and that's I mean, what I they, meant. they were very respect, familiar sitting Gabe neighbors to have Steven Anderson be their fullback. And how much that dude has improved, especially in the blocking game Huge. over his time here is honestly crazy. Like I have goosebumps because the dude has improved so much and you definitely want to reward those type of players. And he's a guy that when he has the ball in his hands, right? It's like somebody, you know, shot a rocket up. His, but like, he's just like, he's going to go hard every single time. Yeah. You know, like a bucking Bronco. And I think you just you, you root for those kind of guys. And out of the three, you know, you have Trey McKitty, blocking guy. Steven Anderson's kind of the can-do-both guy. And then Donald Parham in this situation, if those are the three tight ends the Chargers are you know, bringing back. Steven Anderson is a stay. You'd have three. Still have a chance to bring in a fourth tight end to potentially, you know, draft one. Bring one in like a David and Joku in free agency. And I don't think that messes that up at all. Michael Schofield is a tough one here, David. Stay or go rapid round reaction here because – he played well. He played really well. He'd be good depth. Stay or go for Michael Schofield. Yeah, another vet minimum contract for for uh, Schofield here. I th- I think it's a go for me actually. I think they need to get younger. Um, they they need to bring somebody in from You're treating the them draft so poorly. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, I mean, yes, he came in and played adequately. I don't I even think, think it's about the draft though, David. I think it's about what you're getting out of Brandon Hymas, right? Like, yeah. it's like if Brandon Hymas in year two is at the point where, I mean, if Brenton Hymas can't be considered a reasonable backup going into year two, then that's just looking like another questionable offensive lineman pick. And we'll know, right. We'll know how they feel about him, you know, coming up in free agency on what they do with, with, uh, you know, the interior offensive lineman. So I think what you hope. Yeah. I think what you hope is that him and Scott Questenberry can be like your two interior offensive lineman rotational guys. Right. And that's, and maybe you bring in somebody for a higher, you know, prospects at right guard to, you know, maybe be the right guard of the future. Maybe that is Brendan yeah. Hymas, right? But I yeah. think if you bring in Odeyabushi, you're giving Hymas another year or at least, you know, however long Odeyabushi can play in the 2022 season to figure out what he is and figure out whether he can start. Because right. if you should really, if you have Schofield, right, just with roster construction, if you have Schofield and or you don't need Schofield if you have Hymas, and also Scott Questenberry. For me, Scott Questenberry is a stay, another cheap contract. Yeah. You agree with that? Just because I think yes. in a perfect scenario, you know, you don't need a Michael Schofield depth if you have a starting right guard you feel good about in Ibushi and a guard, you know, Scott Questenberry who can play guard or center, and then also Brandon Hymas. Yeah, I think it's definitely a stay on Scott Questenberry. I think he's a guy who, uh, you know, when Corey Lindsley went down a little bit with an injury, came in and played adequately. Obviously, you didn't get what, you know, get the same thing in the running game that Corey Lindsley provided. But at least, you know, you didn't see any significant drop off. Um, so I think, you know, another guy not going to get paid a lot of money, but I think a guy who's adequate, who's going to come in there and, and at least, you know, keep things afloat. You know, definitely water. Stay. Yeah, stay for me on, on Questenberry. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I say that Questenberry can play guard and center, and we've seen it because he filled in for Forrest Lane, he filled in for Mike Pounce, we've seen him cover spots along the, long, along the offensive line before. But last year, the Chargers felt more comfortable putting Senio Calamete out there at guard than they did Scott Questenberry. So I think that's what makes it tough because it, it's hard to say he has the versatility when the Chargers haven't really shown the trust in him to actually play guard if need be. So True. I think that's a tough thing, but you don't have a backup center. You feel really good about Corey Lindsley. So it's not like you need to invest a ton in that position. Right. And I feel like, like you said, I mean, Scott Questmary can tread water. If something yeah. were to happen to Corey Lindsley, God forbid, you feel okay about that. And I think, you know, as far as Tom Twesco offensive line draft picks, but when we've seen him, it hasn't been that bad. I think the last one here, David storm Norton, a guy we haven't got today, another restricted free agent stay or go. 
as a swing tackle, it, it's a stay for me. I, I think you you got to think about you know the value at the position. He played right tackle for the Chargers the entire season. Yes, he gave up sixty mm-hmm. pressures, but when you look at the type of money that he made, which was basically nothing, six hundred ninety five thousand. I think when you look at it uh, with and that, he's a restricted free agent, so. Yeah, that with that type of perspective, I think, you, yeah, you bring him back. But you're bringing him back in hopes that he is not the starting uh, you know, right tackle for the Chargers next year. So I think the tough thing is, is we saw the Chargers keep him and Pipkins as backups, right? So they kept mm-hmm. four tackles. I just think that you're best off if you don't have to rely on Storm Norton. Because, I mean, worst if worst case scenario does happen, you see the season you saw this year, which just wasn't good enough out of that position. Sure. At least there's an argument for Trey Pipkins to, you know, perform a little bit better than we saw from Storm Norton, even though the majority of his career hasn't been that, just what we've seen recently has been. I think in a perfect world, you have somebody that you feel better about at right tackle, that you feel is more durable than Brian Bulaga has been over the last couple of seasons, and you feel like Trey Pipkins can be your swing tackle, right? Are you going to keep all four of those guys? I mean, Trey Pipkins still under, you know, contract. Storm Norton still a restricted free agent. I think they bring him back and at least have him compete. But I think he could be the odd man out if they do bring in somebody to be their starting right now. And, and I'm fine. No with situation. That. Well, in no situation do you want Storm Norton as your plan for right tackle for right. That's why I said swing tackle, right? No, yeah, I know. I, mean, that, I know. That, that's 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 where I want his ceiling to be. I don't want it to be anything more than that. But we saw what he brings as a swing tackle too, right? They put, you know, Trey Pipkins in at left tackle and he performed well there. Put him in at right tackle, he performed well there. That's what you want out of a swing tackle. Come in in spurts, perform well, perform adequately. We didn't see that from Storm Norton, but we also saw him put out there more than any backup should. A backup is not meant to be out there for the full season. Like, that's just tough for any kind of backup. So, I think they bring him around. I just... The thing is, is we've seen the Chargers go into a season feeling good about Sam Tevy as a left tackle and saying he had left tackle feet. Yeah, it's true. I know. So it's That's like scary. it's never a foregone conclusion. So we'll see what happens in free agency. I think he ends up coming back, but I would say go for Storm Norton as much as he seems like a cool guy. He has a perfect name to be a Chargers player. But, David, that's just the tip of the iceberg because the big names are also on the defensive side of things for the Chargers. So on tomorrow's show, we'll be getting back into round two of Stay or Go, talking about guys like Uchenna Wosu, guys like Justin Jones, like you brought it before, Kazir White, and maybe some goes like a Chris Harris Jr. I'm not going to say that he has to go, but I'm saying it could happen. You know what I mean? So we'll talk about him and some other guys in the Stay or Go on the defensive side of things. But thanks for checking out today's show. As always, make sure you don't miss the show. Go subscribe to our new Locked on Charge YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the show on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkST. If you want to get part of the show on Fan Mail Friday, you guys can call into the Locked on Charge voicemail line 323-524-7924. And we try to get every charge of voicemail playing on the show, especially the ones that are under at least like 45 seconds or a minute. I can get them in, but they have to be a little bit shorter. But we hope you guys can help us with that Friday show and keep the content going because you guys have really come through for us so far. But make sure you're back here tomorrow for the state or go on the defensive side of things for the Chargers internal free agents. But until then, take it easy and go Bulls.